Off the ball. GAA. Most of the disappointment's coming from the player's side of view. Look, they're on a hell of a journey. I suppose that's life football. Things happen and look, they've obviously seen an opportunity with Derry and took the jobs. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Off the ball. Breakfast. Ireland's sports breakfast show. Now, I'm delighted to say Rachel O'Sullivan and Girls on the Ball is in studio and Gloria's Technicolor, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's the first time we've actually, I think, had you in studio. Yes. Um, so, a uh, lot's happened since last I spoke to you the evening before the uh, World Cup final. Um, quite a lot has happened in Irish football since. Yep. Uh, we became global news, really. There was um, a lot of reporters dispatched to cover the Vera Pau story. As somebody who kind of understands from that global perspective, uh, how do you think the players have come out of it um, and what level of pressure do you think is on them to get a result this weekend? Uh, personally, and maybe I'm in the minority, I didn't think it was that controversial that um, Vera Pau didn't continue on after the World Cup. Um, I think, you know, from the players' perspective, I think maybe things could have been handled a little bit better. Um, I think the whole Katie McCabe situation after the last match maybe was blown up a little bit, personally. Um, and I think maybe after the... The press conference, I think she was maybe slightly thrown onto the bus a little bit. I feel like that's something that could have just been kept in-house a little bit better. Um, and maybe that, yeah, took a bit of distraction off what really we should have been talking about, which was their first major tournament. Um, but I think, you know, maybe some of the comments that have been made recently, maybe not necessary. It could just be like a bit of a clean slate where we can go forward now. And, you know, we know um, some of the players didn't want to have uh, Pau there anymore. She's not. So let's kind of look forward and carry on now do you know what I mean I thought maybe you know tongues could have been held maybe but uh, yeah Yeah and at the same time like uh, big time elite sport is kind of messy there's a lot of egos involved people dedicate their lives to trying to be the absolute best and they have crawled over glass to get to where they get to and so they are super competitive what, the, what do we expect? Yeah exactly you know? and I think we're probably going to see as the game becomes more and more professional we're going to see more of that we're going to see more players coming from a professional environment domestically back into their national teams expecting standards to be at that level um, and they're going to push the federations for that so I think there's probably an element of that as well you know taking the game a little bit more to a more elite level um, in its entirety not just what's happening on the pitch but everything off it so I think we will see more of that I think players uh, know the power they have um, and they're going to want to raise standards and I think there was an element of that as well Yeah I think um, a week on from uh, Diane Caldwell at this point like the there's still people talking about oh you know oh, they better they better back up the big talk now and you're kind of like, well, the big talk is like, we just want to have good standards. Yes. Like, well, uh, you it's know, not shocking. that controversial, I don't yeah. think. If she hadn't said the bit where we did it in spite of her, there would have been no hostage to fortune and it would have been uh, tactical, technical, nutrition. That would have been the focus of the whole conversation, yeah. which was like kind of jaw-dropping mm. that you you have immediately at your fingertips all of the reasons ready to go why we can improve from a situation where we've qualified for our first tournament and we should be expecting more. Yeah, and I think if you've got a federation saying we want to back the team, we want to give them everything they need to go forward and we've just come from their first qualification at a major tournament and we want to continue to do that, you need all those things in place um, to be at major tournaments and not have things like nutritionists or whatever that might be. Um, seems crazy if you want to continue qualifying. Um, so yeah, I think as you said, all those are legit reasons um, and legit things that you want to have in your squad. 
I don't fully understand the uh, whatever we, we once had a famous chemical ban explain how the Nations League Don't ask me to worked. <laughs> uh, if you wish to um, follow in the long tradition of people feel free but um, so the Olympics is obviously a separate competition mm. but somehow qualification is tied to this and uh, England can't qualify Scotland can't qualify Wales can't qualify but England will qualify as Team GB and then they'll pick the best players from the other countries Um if Scotland were to beat England, that's going to like prevent them from going to the Olympics. I, mean, I would be all up for that if I was like. <laughs> yeah, but then maybe I want to go to the Olympics. It's an interesting one because you know people joke about if we see like an Aaron Cuthbert or Caroline Weir own goal, um, we shouldn't be too surprised. But <laughs> I don't think. <clears throat> I think at the moment these players are going to into Derby. There's they don't they want to win. They want to win. They want to top the group. You know whatever happens with the Olympics. Um, now the Olympics is a slightly different competition of women's football, I think, than it is for men's. It means more, um, and you've got especially for teams like your Canada's and your USA's. You're playing top competition. It affects your rankings. All that kind of you know. It's a it's a big competition in the women's game, but it is a convoluted one when it comes to Team GB. And you know it obviously happened in the Olympics in 2012 because they were the host nation. They could put a team forward, and that kind of sparked the conversation around should we do this going forward and you know there was battles between all the federations of who'd been in charge and all that kind of stuff and I think given England is the the bigger federation the <clears throat> higher ranked team etc um, and obviously winning you know Euros and stuff like that um, that was kind of decided that they would lead that um, funny yeah. that isn't it <laughs> It's certainly an awkward kind oh, of... take the burden England, of that. <laughs> England putting themselves forward to lead something and squash the other smaller countries. No, sorry. Uh, in, encourage them, you know, with the beatings. But yeah, it is, a, it is a fun kind of little thing that's come up now with the Nations League. Um, but yeah, that's, that's going to be... And add a, just another thing to add to another derby. It's great. Yeah. And then the last thing is the Spanish situation. Um, it appears as if we're getting towards some kind of peace breaking out, but it's a hard-fought, hard-won peace. Talks finished at four o'clock on Wednesday morning. Players forced into camp because of a threat of legal sac- sanction. It's like, uh, this is definitely the beatings will continue until morale improves. Like, oh, you're gonna, we're going to force you to play for your country. Out of one side of your mouth, you're saying, we're going to change things. You know, everything's fine. Out of the other side of your mouth, you're saying, if you don't come back, we're going to sue you and potentially you're going to lose your playing license for two years or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, it's it's a complex, almost as complex as the Nations League um, explainer. It's a complex situation. Um, and I think hats off to the players for kind of taking the stand they're taking because they are putting everything on the line. Um, I think the fact that they won the World Cup has given them an awful lot more power. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a case of rubialism, I think is a word that was used. That's what kind of needs to be gotten out of the federation. Um, and you've got the sports council and you know the government's a little bit involved. And, you know, I think there's people outside looking in saying you're it's an embarrassment on the world stage here. You know, sort yourselves out. Um, I've heard rumblings that that there are people are being offered the, the opportunity to resign <laughs> um, or effectively be asked to leave. Um, but yeah, it's a. It's a complex situation. It's a, a difficult problem to solve and it's not something you can solve quickly. So whatever happened in that room with the players, they obviously believe that there's going to be real change. But it's not like the Spanish Federation have given you much to kind of trust them with, you know. And to see the likes of Mapi Leon and Patrick Guiaro, you can understand why they refuse to not continue in this particular circumstance because they've probably lost the most out of those players and given up the most they're two of the players who didn't play in the World Cup yeah they were part of the original 15 um, and probably two of the be- of the best players two of the best players in that squad um, so they've missed out on on a World Cup for this so I can understand why they wouldn't mentally be ready to be strong armed back into the squad um, but hopefully 
we'll see them again because it is a real shame for players like that not to be on the world stage. The, the, there's an opportunity here for this to affect real change or there's also an opportunity for it to for the air to somehow come out of the balloon. What do you think is going to happen? I think with what we've seen so far, the fact that the players, I mean, I know they've agreed to play, but the fact that they haven't folded and, and you know, right up until the last moment, I would expect them to keep going if things don't change. Um, I'm keen to see what happens against Sweden tomorrow, where there'll be any sort of statement or whether there'll be any kind of solidarity photo with Sweden or whatever oh, yeah. that might be. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, women's football has a habit of not letting things rest, I think. Um, it's been so public now. Um, and I think people will keep asking questions. Um, and I think players like this, you know, they're using their platforms. I don't think they're going to allow the Federation to just sweep this under the carpet. Um, and I hope they don't. Yeah. Okay. Rachel Sullivan, girls on the ball. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, give us your prediction for the game. Sorry. Uh, I'd like to see Ireland win it 3-0. Well, that would be, I mean, that would be good. Is that, is that too big a prediction? To- totally acceptable. Yeah. <laughs>